You're listening to The Voice of Dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion, and today's story is Broadstripe Virginia Smells Like Skunk by Skunkbomb, who can be found on Twitter at skunkbomb123, who edited the anthology Give Yourself a Hand for Goal Publications, and you can find more of his stories on his fur affinity as skunkbomb123. Please enjoy Broadstripe Virginia Smells Like Skunk by Skunkbomb. Skunks are taken over Broadstrap, Virginia. When I woke up each morning, I would take a deep whiff of country air and smell their stick. You'd have to be blind not to catch sight of those white-striped critters in town. When I ordered a meal at the diner, I would sometimes get a stray black or white strand of fur on my plate. God had bestowed unto me the noble bloodhound, a nose that could sniff out anything, including the truth. Skunks rule the town, and dagnabbit, I was going to prove it. Hubert, my grandnephew, walked in the door sometime past eleven, smelling of some raccoon he had bedded the night before. He may not hold my same views on what the skunks are doing to this town, but I was doing my best to pass down my knowledge. Come see what I've done read, I said, holding the book up. Hubert glanced at it. Why do you have a book on building outhouses? I chucked it and grabbed the other one. Go on, have a look. I opened it on the kitchen table. This here town was founded by an upstanding hound dog by the name of Uriah Grady after the Civil War. Before he ran for mayor, some lowlife named Paul Underhill, P.U., you see, there's your warning flag, asked to join the town, and he brought all his skunk neighbors with him. Look at this picture. It's nothing but them black and white scallywags. Hubert took a look. Grand-Uncle Vernon, the book's in black and white, and that there's a badger. I squinted at the picture. That's open to interpretation. So thanks to the skunk invasion, Underhill beat Grady in the election for mayor and won the right to name the town. I never done see a hound dog win an election for mayor, but there's always a skunk on the ballot. They have to be planning this out. I see them gather together in their homes or their stores. Well, I'm putting a stop to it. Hubert picked up his banjo and plopped on the chair in the living room. In that case, uh, pick up some tomato juice at the general store before you go bothering those skunks. That's like folding before the poker game begins, and I've got a hand of all red cards. I grabbed my cane. But I will be heading to the store anyways. We are out of bread. It was a beauty of a walk into town. My hip wasn't giving me too much trouble, and there were sheep-like clouds in the sky. It was the calm before the storm. If I was going to find out about this next meeting of the skunks, I had to go where the skunks were. In the past, I tried visiting their homes, but they were all so rude. It was all, oh, what are you doing here? Or, uh, it's 10.30 at night. Or, mama says you're an ignoramus. Skunks were always in town, though. All I had to do was follow my old sniffer and keep an ear out for gossip. I lifted my nose to the wind and sniffed. Oh, skunk. No surprise there, but there was something else. Tomatoes. Wagon wheels in need of some oil pricked at my ear holes as I approached the outskirts of town. The youngest skunk of the Meyer family, Theodore, the odor, you see, uh, bad news written all over him, was pulling a red wagon stocked with crates of tomatoes and cans of tomato juice. 
Is it not a crime that the Meyer family farm, a farm owned by skunks, was the biggest supplier of tomatoes and tomato juice in town? Skunks go around spraying the bejesus out of honest hound dogs and get richer when we hand over our money so we can de-skunk ourselves. If anyone would know about a secret meeting of skunks, it would be the Meyer family. I hustled up and around the skunk in his wagon. Well, good morning, Theodore. The skunk stopped. He only had the courtesy to meet my eye for a moment before staring at his feet. Good morning, sir. My, you're getting pretty big, I said, luring him into a sense of security so he could spill his secrets like beans. How old are you now? Fourteen? Fifteen? Eleven, sir. Theodore grabbed his tail and brushed it with his hand. Oh, it was a clever diversionary tactic, that bashfulness of his. How was I supposed to know if he was about to turn around and spray me if he wouldn't let his tail go up? Eleven? Well, you're almost old enough for the adult table, I said. Flattery works wonders. Trust me, it works on me every day that ends in a Y. Now, if you were joining your parents for, uh, I don't know, a secret meeting of some sort, where would that be? The skunk shrugged. Well, gee, if it were a secret, I guess I wouldn't know either, sir. But let's say they done told you. If they told me, I couldn't tell you, because it's still a secret. And if I tell you a secret Mon Pa told me, I'd get in trouble. I crossed my heart. But you can tell me, then it'd be a secret between us and only us. Theodore scratched his head. But if you knew I blabbed about one secret, wouldn't that mean I could blab about another secret? I don't think that's a good idea, sir. Oh, come on now, I barked. Stop running me around the bush and tell me already. Oh, leave the boy alone, Vern. The skunk behind me was broad-shouldered and chomped on a corncob pipe. He glared at me behind a set of glasses, but I wasn't fooled. The skunk had the aim of a sniper. You could say Obadiah Martifer Mefford was my greatest enemy in town. Well, Obi and I played cards sometimes, and we talk about football, and he gave me a good deal on the nails I needed to fix up my shed, but he was a crafty old skunk. Any time I had the upper hand, he would fight dirty. Dirty and smelly. Obi knelt by Theodore. Could you stock these tomatoes on your own today? Yes, sir. Theodore grabbed his wagon and scurried inside the general's store. I was just on my way in to buy some bread, I said, walking toward the front of the store. Obi stepped in front of me and leaned in so I could really smell him. Oh, for Christ's sake, Vern, when are you going to leave us skunks alone? We're they dogs, but damn it, we belong here just as much as you do. Well, hey, now, I didn't mean you skunks can't live here, I said, backing up and wrinkling my nose. It's bad enough that you howl about your dumb conspiracies, Obi said, heading back toward his store, but Theodore's a child. My tail brushed the inside of my leg. The old stinker was right. Hey, now, we both got ourselves in a tizzy. Look, I'm sorry. How about we make up with a game of checkers? The skunk's tail flicked. If you'll shut your yap about skunks for five minutes. I was wagging like someone half my age. Kids don't know squat, but Obi may know something about secret skunk meetings. Obi brought out two stools and a box of checkers, and we set up the board on a stump next to his store. 
I was a champion checkers player. While I dazzled the skunk with my expert jumping and kin, I'd get him to tell me where his secret meeting was. I moved one of my black pieces. Oh, beauty of a Saturday, ain't it? Obi shrugged and moved one of his red pieces. I'm not complaining. I slipped another black piece forward. Quick and decisive was the way to do it, so your opponent couldn't think where to go next. Slow day for you at the shop. Thinking of closing early? Rather not, if I can avoid it. Ain't you got better things to do on a day like this? I asked. Well, places to be, people to see. My tail was wagging something fierce. All Obi had to do was make whatever move he had in mind, and then it could jump. The skunk jumped over two of my pieces. Son of a biscuit! How'd you do that? Obi chuckled. You're not watching the board, Vern. I am too! I moved my piece into position to jump him. That's one of my red pieces. I huffed. My finger slipped, so sue me! In all the sixty-three years of my life, I had not seen such blatant cheating. I wanted to call the sheriff to report a robbery, a theft of any decency the game of checkers had. No matter what strategy I strategize, Obi captured my poor little black pieces with a ruthlessness only the devil would admire. I yanked at my ears and gnawed my lip. Slide a hand! Witchcraft divine intervention! Which was it, Obi? You spend more time chatting and belly aching than looking at the board, Obi said, adjusting his glasses. How about you take a walk to cool off? Afternoon, Obi, another skunk said as he walked toward the store. Hope to see you in the old town barn tonight. Seven o'clock, okay? Obi sighed. Yeah, I'll be there. After the other skunk went into the shop, I grabbed one of my pieces and slapped it down on Obi's side of the board. That, my friend, is checkmate! Obi pinched the bridge of his nose. Vern, I know you've got some crazy idea cooking in that dinged-up oven you call ahead, but I'm asking you politely, please don't come. You're not invited. I got up and walked away, swinging my cane. Oh, don't you worry, my striped friend. You won't be seeing me tonight. Vern, you stay away, you hear? And can you at least help me put the pieces back in the box? I chuckled my way out of town. Picking up the pieces was for the loser, and as far as I could see, I came out the victor that time. I was halfway home before I remembered I forgot to buy bread. The old town barn was, well, an old barn. Whoever built it never used it, so the town snatched it up and used it for town meetings, parties, and as I was about to witness with my very two eyes, secret skunk gatherings. I approached the barn from the back, because who can be stealthy going through the front? Or was I an idiot? The back doors were open just as wide as the front ones, but no one was watching that entrance. I crept, uh, that might be a generous description with my knees, into one of the stalls. If I laid flat in the ground, I could peek under the gap of the stall door. I didn't need my eyes to tell me who were on the other side of the stall door. There must have been two dozen skunks in that barn. I wrinkled my nose. They weren't wearing any sort of robes I imagined a secret society would wear, but they had pointed hats. One of them lit a handful of candles in the center of a table. Then they gathered in a circle and chanted... I wiggled my finger in my ear and flicked away the wax. I couldn't make out a word they were saying. 
When the chanting ended, the skunk in the middle of the circle blew out all the candles and the lot of striped ninnies clapped. It was obviously an initiation ceremony of some sort. The newly initiated skunk wandered over to the stalls clutching a box. I held my breath, and not because of the skunk smell. I let out a sigh of relief when the skunk entered the stall next to me, but I kept perfectly still. Even in the dark part of the barn, the bars between the stalls were thick. The skunk might not see me if I didn't move. I squinted at the darkness. If the lighting wasn't playing tricks on me, I was sure that was Ethel Wilcox. Ethel was easy on the eyes for a skunk. Her fur still looked soft and full, even with the gray coming in. Her stripes weren't stained with the yellowing of old age. Either that or she washed religiously. Now, skunks aren't known for their statuesque figures. They're shaped like pears. Ethel, though, she had gams. She lifted her leg up onto one of the rungs of the stall dividers and brushed a bit of old hay from her foot. She reached back, groping for the zipper behind her dress. My tail wagged. Need some help with that? Ethel screamed and bolted out of the stall before I could clap my hands over my big mouth. Everything would be fine if I just explained to Ethel that peeking in on her while she was changing was a complete accident. All I had to do was lie that I was here to be inducted into their society. I walked out of the stall. As hard as it may be to believe, I've been sprayed by a skunk before. It's as closest a hound can get to hell while still living. I'd smell the stink on me for months afterward. I had no less than a dozen skunks bent over, dresses hiked up or pants pulled down, all aiming at me. I cleared my throat. Hey now, wait just a sec. The skunks fired. I buried my clothes in the backyard, got in the tub, and poured the cold tomato juice over my face and down my body. The dried juice was going to be a pain in the neck to pick out of my fur. I held my nose the whole time, partially to keep from smelling myself and partially to block out the stinging in my nose. Hubert, a clothespin clamped on his nose, plucked at his badge a good fifty feet away on the porch. Good thing Obi let me buy tomato juice from him at this hour. I slumped lower into the tub. Hubert, I done these skunks wrong tonight. I think the whole town could smell that, Hubert said. So you finally learned your lesson? The Meyer family could pay for Theodore to go to college with the money we spend on tomato juice. Hubert shook his head. Maybe, but that ain't the lesson. I dunked the old scrubbing brush into the tub and washed under my chin. Ethel's got nice games. Does she now? Hubert said, a little chuckle in his voice. Wait, no, one more try. That I'll need to be more careful snooping around skunks. I bolted up, even if my knees and hips complained. In the memory of Uriah Grady, I owe it to all the hounds in this here town. Damn it, Vernon, Hubert said, covering his eyes. Don't stand up in the tub when you're naked. I scratched my head. What kind of lesson is that? The lessons that you don't go around pissing off skunks. Well, if they weren't so daggum sensitive. Hubert growled and picked up his banjo. I'm going out drinking. Sleep in the shed for a few nights, you hear? Maybe if you get it through your thick head that there's no skunk conspiracy, I'll buy you a beer. The screen door slammed behind him. I crouched back into the tub. After pouring another can of tomato juice on myself, I sniffed. 
I clamped my hand down on my nose and howled. Whether I wanted it to or not, the air in Broadstripe, Virginia would always smell like skunk. This was Broadstripe, Virginia Smells Like Skunk by Skunk Bomb, read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. For more stories, you can find us wherever you get your podcast or on the web at thevoice.dog. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog. <laughs>